just like his country, Hamilton's young, scrappy, and horny. This is <laughs> Hamilton's This is spoiler. I am not throwing away my shot. I am not throwing away my shot. Hey, yo, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing away my shot. I'm a scholarship to Kings. Nice. I awesome. didn't have a closed caption on. I couldn't tell what they were saying for a lot of it. But hey, this is Pappy, <laughs> your host, recording out of Louisville, Colorado. We have a special episode tonight uh, about the musical Hamilton. Uh, I don't know if you call it a movie or not. We'll probably get into that. But let's introduce my co-host, uh, starting with special guest, Renee. Uh, hey, Renee, the question that we have tonight is, what's the next Hamilton? If you could set a musical in any time period, when would it be? I've probably seen more musicals than most of you on this podcast, but I will say I really want to see 17th century just for the costumes and all the wigs. I like it. In the United States, like North American 17th century? I have an obsession with Marie Antoinette due to the size of the gowns. Mm. So specifically that one. Like a Les Miserables adjacent. I like it. Uh, Let's go with Stevie next. And also Stevie... Actually, you know what? Just go ahead. Hit, hit me with a pap. What are you going to ask? Stevie, what do you like better, cats or Hamilton? <gasps> <sighs> okay, Hamilton on Disney Plus versus Cats the movie? Uh, yeah, I would just say it's a th- random Sunday afternoon. you got to pop in cats either all Disney day. Plus. Cats all okay. day. All right, when would your uh, musical take place? Oh, uh, my musical would Source take... Code. Play. Well, obviously, source code is what I pitch to be the next great musical. <laughs> Starring Jake Gyllenhaal. The songs that would come out of that would be amazing. But, hmm. Time period? Okay. Man. I think a musical about Woodstock would be incredible. Or just like Ooh. the 60s and the Summer of Love would be That's a good idea. awesome. So I'll go with that. I like it. Some Hate Ashbury, some San Francisco, oh, bouncing yeah. around a little Throwing bit. Throw some Monterey, be great. Definite trippy sequence at some point where people are like flowers are flying. Also the, starring the Jake Gyllenhaal. I want that in the record. <laughs> uh, Josh, let's go with you next. Hello, this is Josh from um, Indiana, a Goshen, which is basically between the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans. But let me get specific and put the plot in motion. At the end of this pod, I got a tiny notion. A yes dog so hard, Viggo Mortensen needs some lotion. Oh, no. That was awesome. I had to get that out of my system early. Uh, historical standpoint into musical. I think that's an interesting question, Pappy. I want to say... Star Wars? Like, <laughs> Jesus. <hear me> <laughs> Nothing but Our Star fabled Wars. history, Star Wars. <laughs> like, I want it to be like of the fans that experienced a new hope, Star Wars proper, when it came out. And just like their reaction to it and casually like weaving in and out the like famous themes that John Williams wrote. I don't know. That just struck me. So, wait, this is a prequel Star Wars? Is this like an OT or is this just like a adjacent to some time period Star Wars thing. There's a big big time period. This sounds like if Kevin Smith wrote a musical. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. You pick your poison, I guess. I would actually watch a Kevin Smith musical. So would I. Mikey, I said you're going to be the wild card in this pod. I I feel like you don't like long things. You don't like musicals. That's 100% true. 
But you also don't like movies with too many white people, so I thought this might be right up your alley. Uh, this is why I harassed you guys on Twitter. That'd be funny. What, that is Mikey, 100% true, Pat. Yeah, I, I know you. You're my good friend. But what what time period would you set a musical in? That is something I don't know about you. You know, uh, I thought this was going to be an extremely boring time period to watch a three-hour rap musical about, but it was actually pretty pretty entertaining for the most part. And after watching it, I was like, well, you could really do any time period. So I wanted to see something that I personally want to see. And I have this movie, Seven Samurai, sitting on my desktop for like the past month. I'm waiting to watch it, but I'd like to see maybe a samurai Broadway musical. Mm. I think that would be pretty cool. I think you just need to choose a, a time period with awesome costumes, and then the music will just come, pretty much. But, yeah, it's... I thought this was going to be so boring, but it was actually the opposite. It was really entertaining. Happy to hear that. You get a little, like, stomp action, too, with the samurai uh, armor that they have on. That could be kind of cool. Uh, I, I'll spare the audience my uh, Japanese accent. Times have changed. Just because <laughs> oh my gosh. Episode, so. <laughs> Thank you. Times have changed. But last but not least, uh, Brett from Fort Wayne, when would your musical be? What's the next Hamilton in Brett's world? Uh, 1984, New York, the takeover... Uh, the attempt to take over by Gozer the Gozerian Ghostbusters the musical. That's beautiful. And on brand. <laughs> Thank you. Let's get to the task at hand. Though. <laughs> Enough of these fantasy musicals. We have an, uh, and that's the kind of thing that I wanted to sort of start off with too. Hamilton has existed for five years, and it's been the biggest sort of Broadway show in that time period for five years, but. Brett, if like an alien landed to on Earth and knew nothing about like Hamilton as a premise, could you describe it to them? Uh, like what what's going on here? Because it's pretty weird. He was born, I believe, in what the Virgin Islands or something like that, and he was super smart, and everyone paid for him to go to well America. I was, well, I was getting it more oh. like as a show. You know what I mean? Like, oh. What is the premise of the show? It's a like, it's yeah. a two hour and forty minute rap opera. I have his exact thesis. If you guys want it, it's a rap. It's a I mean, rap and singing, uh, there's maybe 14 words that aren't, that are actual spoken word, and the rest is all rapping and, and singing. It's, I mean, that's what it is. But Pixie, you see so many musicals. How many of them do they sing through it constantly? I feel like usually there's ebbs and flows and breaks, right? Um, there's a, sm- there's a minor amount where the, the entire plot is done through music, um, Whereas, let's compare it to one of the longest running ones you guys podcasted on, Cats. There was a little bit of actual, like, words that connected the songs together. This one, all of it connects together. There might have been a few asides, a very small amount, specifically um, to a death, where it was spoken. But other than that, it was all songs. But Lynn... Manuel Miranda actually said that this was his thesis. It was a story that was always a story of America, then told by America's then. But, sorry. It was a thesis. It was a story that was told by America. Told as... Wow, I can't even remember. <laughs> 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 well, is, I mean, Pixie, it's like it is, America's... It yeah, was told... Yeah. 
It was America then, told by Americas now. Yeah. With the color of people that are the future of the country. Yeah, I think that's an important point. America now, because there's like a lot of, not a lot, there's a fair amount of like modern day influences, right? And there's a couple of modern day puns. And then I think, you know, almost most importantly too, it's an all minority cast. Like all of the founding fathers have been basically recast by brown people which at the time like, it was intentional yeah exactly and it, like i said it's existed for five years it was like a huge huge deal uh like the biggest show on broadway really hyped up then stevie disney bought it for 75 million dollars this was actually recorded back in 2016 but like the format that we're consuming this in how would you describe that to the audience because we're not we're obviously not seeing the play and it's not like a m- proper movie musical right it's not hello dolly it's something else yeah, this is um, something I struggled with. Also, I apologize if you hear snorts uh, and a little bit of whimpers. My wife just got called into work, and I'm now holding a pug on my lap. So, Aww. yeah, she's a little adorable. But, um, yeah, this is this was the hardest thing for me to really engage with. This is – I don't think watching this on Disney Plus was how Hamilton was supposed to be experienced. I compare it to, like – watching a Christopher Nolan movie be played out on stage with like the original actors, but like a black canvas behind them. And the, I mean, it just, I don't know. It seemed like a really weird way to consume Stevie, this play. Didn't you think I'm with you 100% going into this because it was like, they're half-assing kind of a movie and then it's not truly Broadway because you're not really there. So it's almost like the worst of both worlds. I mean, I used to be a proponent. I used to be like, I'm a proponent of like, I think Broadway should have their own Netflix streaming service so more people can experience these musicals same. because they're hella expensive. Mm-hmm. But at I the think same, make so much money. At the same mm. time, it's really hard to engage with. Like I think Broadway musicals are ones that you should see live. Agreed. Yeah, Hamilton tickets are three hundred dollars, so it's not like normal people can go see it. Did Hamilton come to any of your guys' cities? Probably when Chicago. It it, Closest to it came to Seattle, and I was in the lottery, but I didn't get selected because mm-hmm. you actually had to enter the lottery to get chosen. I definitely hear everything Stevie's saying, but like for me, this one gets a huge asterisk just straight up because of the pandemic. I feel like it was yeah. kind of forced into this, so I don't know. Well, that's a great point too. I mean, Stevie and I talked a little bit like earlier today, and I said, you know, I, I couldn't, and I, I was I was being a little silly earlier, but honestly, my hearing is just like shitty, and I couldn't distinguish the words they were saying just from my TV setup in my living room. Now, I hope when I get like a better sound system or something, maybe that's on me, but I wonder if like in an IMAX setting, like the mix, like this was supposed to come out fall 2021. And, I, and I'm wondering if in that kind of setting it would have been easier for me to understand. But at the same time, I was glad that I had the closed captions, right? That was, that was helpful. Um, let me go back to you, Josh. You mentioned the pandemic. Would you say this is a shrewd move by Disney? Or And we'll get into Hamilton in a second, but I want to touch on, is this a shrewd move by Disney or a charitable move by Disney? Because it seems like they're giving Smart. up a lot of money. It was money, brilliant. But they got a shit ton of downloads uh, as a result of this. I love Lynn. Lynn like his, Manuel Miranda. Yeah, I love his reaction to kind of the backlash, just basically saying he did the best he could and spent seven years on this. And it's not perfect, but he's going to stand by it. So maybe they're trying to take advantage of BLM a little bit, but it's kind of like almost like Chappelle's special coming out. Like the production value was a little off. Pappy, you're hitting on maybe the music was a little too loud in the mix coming through. 
on this, but I feel like they're doing things that are unprecedented. So it's again, it's like this pandemic asterisk. I, I myself am giving it a pass for that stuff. I mean, yeah, that's presumably there would have been some more post-production work on it, right? I don't know why they would hold it for this long, other than if that was the first slot. But let's get into Hamilton proper. Mikey, I think Brett was going to touch on it a second ago. As a point of technical, it was shot over two performances. Yeah, I saw that. Three days? Where one... Uh, three days, which is you can see continuity errors, and if you pay attention, like I did, <laughs> uh, one performance there was no there was no cast. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was all it was only the cast. There was no audience, so they could actually physically have cameras on the stage uh, with the actual cast members. Which is cool, but I think to Stevie's point, I don't know if this is like a movie. You know what I mean? I put that in my letterbox it's review. It's not a movie. It is a recording of a live performance, and that is a huge Whoa. separation. Which A spliced recording of three live performances. You know what I mean? It's not like Correct. a con- And I think that's important maybe to consider it. But we, it is. let's get into Hamilton. It's been 15 minutes. Mikey, can you please describe Alexander Hamilton, uh, especially in the first <laughs> act? What's going on with uh, him shooting his shot constantly? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, he's shooting shots all right. He's shooting shots all over town. Um, he's a playboy. He comes from nothing. He's an immigrant. And he's really trying to work his way up uh, the ranks in like America. Uh, he's ready to fight in this revolutionary war. And he wants to get the founding of America underway. So he's he wants to be on the ground floor when this stuff goes down. He's a white guy who wants power. He's a little bit of a warmonger. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know anything about history, so I I can't say anything about the backgrounds of any of these guys because I really don't know history. <laughs> so it's like I know a lot of them own slaves, and a lot of them are probably bad people. But uh, Alexander comes off as the guy who uh, he's I don't know. He's just like hardworking, and he comes from nothing, and it's. I don't know. He's a good guy, if you, I feel like, other than his adultery, constant adultery throughout <laughs> the musical. I, I was confused by he's, he's an immigrant, right, Brett? I think you were talking about that earlier, but he also, they were talking about now we can't be president because the whole affair thing. Did you understand what was happening there? I mean, I don't think he could be president anyway. I think that's one of the reasons why he uh, had people that he backed too, so he could have power that way but yeah i mean he was an immigrant i guess but he's from like uh where, what saint kitts and nevis is now so i said i'm virgin islands but uh like southeast of puerto rico i think or something which is probably yeah. significant because that's where lin-manuel miranda his parents is from i think he, he was born in new york but there's also brett the, the characters of the skylar sisters what what's going on with them they're just women that don't really have any prospects because of the time and they had to uh, I think the older one said you know her job basically is to marry a successful person and uh, that's maybe that's one of the reasons why she couldn't be with Hamilton uh, that she introduces her to her sister but she like always loved him apparently so mm-hmm. man she was like really talented that uh yeah, the older sister, like the actress Renee. She won uh, <laughs> the. She won the uh, Tony, so for uh, like a supporting role. 
But Pappy, George Washington wasn't born in America. Yes, was he it? was. There was I no he was America. Born in Virginia. That's true. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. So oh, I don't. Oh, yeah. I just think it took us to get the job done. <laughs> if you're born before America was a country, I think you got to pass. Alexander Hamilton actually helped draft that part of the Constitution that talked about being natural born to serve as president. Well, and they, apparently they just changed things willy nilly. Like the person who gets the second place votes becomes vice president, and Thomas Jefferson just changes that. But I thought my Twelfth Amendment. My personal favorite stretch of the whole thing was like the helpless, satisfied story of tonight stretch did anybody else the rewind love that yeah i thought that was awesome i like satisfied renee like i think they said she did it was five or six words per second at one point like she was firing them so fast like her and davy diggs had the fastest lines in their uh for their songs at one point in the first act I just might wake up at night for the rest of my days I remember those soldier boys stripping head over themselves to win all praise I remember that dream like candlelight like a dream that you can't quite place but Alexander I'll never forget the first time I saw your face the stuff with the Schuyler sisters all of it was pretty good that was probably some of my more favorite musical parts of the the show was the Schuyler sisters stuff Satisfied was elevated for me once I saw it acted out as opposed to just hearing it for years and years and years previously. That's interesting. Okay, so you're one of those people, Renee. I am one of those people. So, oh, yeah. You, I, I'm curious because I had never been exposed to anything Hamilton before. And if you listen to the soundtrack, you basically are hearing the entire story. So like, when you would consume it... Almost. Would you... You get 95% of it. Was it like a book on tape for you? Like, were you imagining people doing things with no context like a you know what i mean like an audiobook i had the whole i had i had almost the whole plot almost the whole story and then there's a couple things that were left out and as i was watching it i was like oh my god they left that out i mean it was great uh but as i was watching i knew i knew what to expect i knew what was gonna happen but it was all elevated it was increased the performances um were more and it, but also the the physicality of it gave context. There were certain lines where they were doing things in the background, especially with like the introduction. And they talked about his cousin committing suicide. There was somebody in the background actually acting out how the suicide happened, mm-hmm. which gave context to what was happening. Sometimes the king is just off to the side dancing, which you probably don't do. <laughs> he's a, no. he's a freaking best man. <laughs> Uh, Jonathan Groff came back specifically for that role. Somebody else was. I, I thought yeah. Brad else would was... like the king best. I'm not surprised by that. <laughs> he was hilarious. Well, no, he, he was the funniest. I mean, I think uh, whatever, just go. Jonathan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jonathan Groff is hilarious. Jonathan Groff, Stevie, has been in a couple of spoilers movies. What else do we know him from? Frozen Two, man. Kristoff? And Frozen 1. And Frozen 1. And, oh, Mindhunter? What'd you think of him in this movie? He is the only... It's not a movie, Pat, it's a recording of a a live performance. (laughs) What did you think of this Disney pandemic holiday special? (laughs) (laughs) I thought thought he was definitely the funniest part. Um, It was intentionally funny. Like, he was written specifically to be contrarian and contrasting. Yeah, and he's... uh, Extra sassy on stage. It was really fun to watch. <laughs> Plus, uh, Jonathan Groff has an amazing voice. So, uh, definitely one of the highlights of Hamilton, I'd say. 
Cause when push comes to shove I will kill your friends and family To remind you of my love Da 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 Was there anything else from the first half, Brett? I know you mentioned David Diggs. I probably more preferred him as Thomas Jefferson, but I thought Lafayette was just fucking awesome too as a character. Yeah, no, he was he was uh he was incredible. Uh, he did like the fastest raps and uh, his French accent while singing and rapping was really good. Um, he definitely earned that Tony award that he won. Um, I also thought uh, George Washington, like as far as male singing voices go, was like the best. I thought he did an awesome job. Yeah. And when he yeah, like he left did. the stage, you kind of knew for almost the last time, like he was pretty emotional, like the crowd like realized how amazing he was. So. He was really good. And he maintained his cadence, too. So he had a very metronomic um, rapping cadence, and he maintained that very consistently throughout the whole show. And, like, there's such a distinct image Americans have of George Washington, and I thought Chris Jackson just brought this gravitas because obviously you know from a physical standpoint he's imposing like george washington or like we see him in pictures but he doesn't look like the the paintings that we've seen you know a million times and like the way that he sells george washington as a, as a presence and as kind of a legendary figure in this movie i thought was great stevie though we, there, there's so much that happens in this first half like i said there's the origin story of hamilton the whole revolutionary war basically happens but you said you preferred the second act of the movie. Could you just give us like a high level? It's, it's a love triangle and adultery and a whole lot of intrigue going on. What, what happens here to <laughs> Hamilton? Okay. So as a... Okay, so there's a lot going on in this musical. And it's so yeah. gosh darn fast and disjointed. It's really hard to keep up at times. But Hamilton has a side piece. Her name is Maria Reynolds. And if I remember correctly, her husband blackmails him? Is that right, Pap? Well, it's like this whole thing is that they make it seem like Hamilton and Josh, I want to know how you feel with this. They really couched it in that Hamilton's been up for two weeks and this woman comes over and, he, and she <laughs> needs money and he takes her home. Like, is that... Do you, I mean, I don't know. How did you interpret that? Because when I was watching it, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming I'm seeing this from Hamilton's point of view. I'm so kind of supposed to know that maybe this isn't exactly how it went down. We knew exactly what he was going to do, and we let him off the hook. <laughs> let him off the hook! <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, basically. I mean, she, like, forces herself upon him, right? And she's, like, destitute, and her husband's whoring her out. So he's basically, like, pointing the finger at everyone else. Basically, what I mean to say is, I think he'd still be canceled. <laughs> As a tactic, Josh, I'll go back to you. How do you feel about the Reynolds papers? That, that It seems a very selfish route to go. I know. You've been exposed. But maybe it's <laughs> the answer selfish. to cancel culture. Maybe you just out yourself, and then you're good. This reminded me of a Brett movie, uh, Locke, where he kind of purposely <laughs> yes. dismantles his personal life so that he can like be <laughs> professional or like hold up to some ideal or something. It's very similar. Yeah, she like asks, she's like, "Do you love me?" He's like, "No, I do not love you." <laughs> <laughs> 
I just met that's you. For all the, that's for all the Lock fans. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's a billion out there. I thought. I don't, did you get the sense, or did anyone get the sense that, like they had done that scam before? Like I feel like that yes. wasn't the first time they had run that number. Yeah, sounds like it. Seems like it. Did you get the feeling it wasn't the first time that he had slept around though? Mm-hmm. It's just the first time he got caught, probably. Hamilton was a mark. that's what i was thinking too i think they found like somebody who had notoriety and they could milk the mark for for a sufficient amount of funds Mm -hmm. and it's just it's kind of tragic too but i mean by all accounts in the film hamilton's obviously protected or portrayed as a protagonist and like we know the kind of stuff that jefferson was doing to the people that he owned (laughs) and it's just city that you know hamilton has an affair and like he's basically disqualified from being president at that point but jefferson was allowed to go on to be president but brett what is jefferson's role in the second act because i he's honestly my favorite character arguably in the whole thing the energy that he brings is just fantastic well his role is the counterpart to hamilton they're the i mean well i mean you could say james madison as well but they're the two smartest people they have uh similar goals but they have different ways they want to do it and they're definitely political rivals and they're I mean again they're the smartest people in every room they walk into unless James Madison's in there then they're all three of the smartest so yeah and they just clash just because they have different ideas of what, what they want to do uh, for the young republic yeah and that clashing is like portrayed in Hamilton as a rap battle Mikey did you enjoy I think there's at least two rap the battles first, yeah the first Jefferson Are scene is awesome. The, the cabinet? cabinet? The cabinet with the microphones? Cabinet meaning rap battles. Like one they have to convince yeah. Congress, one they're just con- <laughs> convincing Washington. Do you guys remember that YouTube series, Rap Battles of History? Yeah. yeah. That yeah. was really what I was afraid this was going to be like. So I'm glad it was nothing like that. I'm glad you brought that up, though, because that was kind of scaring me off for a long time watching this. So, Mikey, uh, like I said, you're the wild card for this, and I wasn't sure what you would think. What did you like about the rap battles? Because I'm surprised that you like them, actually, Mikey. I think that's cool. Well, I know you guys said you had a hard time like hearing it and stuff, but I watched it with headphones on. I watch everything with headphones on now, and I, I also had uh, captions on. So it was fine for me, and I didn't have any problem uh, with any of that stuff. So it sounded great to me, but... Uh, I liked how it was like easy to follow for one thing. Um, they do a really incredible job of like explaining this plot through these rap battles, and it kind of like blows my mind how efficiently they're getting through this story. I don't know about you guys, but this is really hard, and there's a lot going on in the background too with the choreography, but it's like really impressive how much information you're getting through these rap songs. Even just like the amount of words that are written to make Hamilton. You know what I mean? I'm sure like obviously a two and a half hour screenplay, no matter what it is, it's got to be a lot of words, but just the amount of dialogue that's said in this movie is, is really crazy. There should never be a musical ever again that doesn't include hip hop somehow. It's such an effective <laughs> means of, like you said, getting so much info across. If this was saying... At the at traditional like Broadway pace, it would be I think they said four to six hours in length. <laughs> the but because the it's wind. done at its hip hop pace, it's actually at the pace that it, the timing it should be. <laughs> 
Yeah, they keep ranting. We know who's really doing the planting. And another thing, Mr. Age of Enlightenment, don't lecture me about the war. You didn't fight in it. You think I'm frightened of you, man? We almost died in the trench. Well, you were off getting high with the French. Brett, you mentioned that uh, Thomas Jefferson was the counterpart to Hamilton. There's another very famous well, counterpart. Yeah, yeah uh, they call me Aaron Burr because the way I'm dropping Hamiltons. Hamiltons. Stevie, yeah. we haven't talked about him at all, and I know that you hate Hamilton, but could you explain? I don't hate Hamilton. That's so unfair. Of Aaron <laughs> don't Burr paint me in that a, light, Pap. The role of Aaron Burr as a foil, and kind of you know even up to the end here, because we, we haven't touched on him at all, and I think he's a pretty f- fantastic character. Yeah, I mean it's a fun evolution because they actually start out as friends. Um, ish, ish. Yeah, um, it's a fun evolution because like they start out. I mean, I would say as friends, as much as friends can be. But um, eventually, he ends up becoming like his arch political rival, and it seems like every step that Hamilton makes throughout this play, like. Aaron Burr is just gunning for him. Like, I know, no pun intended, because he ends up getting him at the end, but, like, he's gunning for him the entire time, and it's really fun, to, like, especially during like, the rap battle scenes, too. It's really fun to, like, watch these two actually go at it. And plus, I think the guy who plays him... Oh, Leslie Odom Jr.? Yeah, he does amazing. Yeah, he's awesome. What, what was their, their difference in politics, other than, like, Aaron Burr is just more hesitant often, <laughs> more, more often than well, Hamilton? They were on the same party lines, and then there's clearly a line in the musical where he said, you switched party lines because it was convenient. Because you knew you could get a Senate position. Brett, did you get emotional at the sun dying? I mean, no, but... Which I did not know uh, about. That was a spoiler to me. <laughs> I learned that as I was watching it, you guys. I did not know he died. No, I did not get emotional. Uh, I had learned about it when I listened to the soundtrack a few months ago, so... It's sad, but I'm not really the emotional during movies type person. Was there something there with, like, shoot your shot and, like, every at all of these duels, <gasps> supposedly the Hamiltons just shoot up in the air and none of them <laughs> actually take a shot? Yeah, Is that supposed to be... <laughs> Supposed to be something? Uh, yes, it is. One hundred percent of the shots you don't take, Alexander Hamilton, <laughs> Larry Bird, Michael Scott. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it took a child dying for, in like Hamilton's whole life falling apart, for him to learn the lesson that Burr was trying to tell him all along, and then a wise Burr. Or a wise Hamilton drops such a knowledge bomb on Burr's head that he like explodes and wants to shoot him like Hamilton would have done back in the day. So they kind of like switch roles is the way I saw it, which is kind of cool. I feel bad for Aaron Burr though. Like there's this whole plot where he's having an affair with a British officer, and I think she has a baby or something. And the song "Wait for It" just absolutely slaps. But he's he's oh, made that's into a beautiful a, song. He's made into a very sympathetic character, right, Renee? He definitely has um, character growth throughout the film because it comes straight out the beginning. It says, I'm the guy who shot him. Like, you know what's going to happen. They foretell it and then you just watch it play out and then you wait for it. And then like the way they did wait for it. I mean, I had already heard it and then just watching it and watching it. Leslie Odom Jr. 
portray it, it just was beautiful and tragic all at the same time. And it was definitely something that um, I really enjoyed watching him do the portrayal of. And as his story went out, um, he was, Leslie was one of my favorite performances throughout it. And uh, he's great. And I, and I thought that it, this musical does a great job of showing a lot of perspective. There's one more thing that we have to talk about. And Brett, I would never have gone to the you for this had you not put Cancel Hamilton in your letterbox review. <laughs> what? I didn't do that. What are you talking about? Yes, you put the, the letters Cancel Hamilton in all caps. And I'm going to get everybody involved here because there's been a lot of pushback. But Brett, I guess... Have you seen anything in terms of pushback that you thought warranted any merit? Let's just start there. Nothing. Okay. (laughs) I mean, it's no. People just like to complain about stuff. I mean, I mean, if if you have a specific instance to ask me, that you can do that. But I guess so. It seems like I did a little research on Cancel Hamilton, and this is like a hot topic. There are people going throwing bombs back and forth on both sides shooting their shot but people are saying it's this is news to me it seems to come down to oh if you search like cancel hamilton right now there's been cnn pieces today show pieces i don't think i need to i have this podcast I, i the criticism boils down to that it's glorifying a person who may or may not have been involved in the slave trade there i guess there's some allegations that alexander hamilton was involved in the slave trade and in general that it glorifies the founding fathers uh, who are people who own people in a lot of cases. Josh, the social justice warrior, where do you come down on this? I think it's a fact. His father-in-law owned slaves, and at one point he liked help with the moving of the cash funds for slaves. It's horrible, and it's terrible. I, putting yourself back into that time period, being a poor immigrant, marrying into a rich father like how much power do you honestly have there his father that guy was a senator as they point out too in this musical so mm-hmm. there's so much context here I mean, slavery is indefensible but i i don't know is the is there a but there i don't know i'm i'm very torn on this issue pap do you have any wisdom when we go back five years there was pushback there was a hundred percent pushback, and you can find it from the right, rolling their eyes at making a cast of founding fathers black. It was very much like an inclusion thing, and now five years later, there's pushback from the left saying that it's not going far enough. <laughs> I would just caution, especially any white critics like William Bibiani, who I have less and less respect for with every <laughs> passing uh, piece of media that he puts out. Zero respect as a white critic. What Hamilton is going to age a lot better than you tearing down the biggest Broadway musical of this millennium that was written by a person of color and features basically an all minority cast. That's the gross take. Like, it doesn't need your help to point out why it's problematic. That's my take. Now, if there's someone who's involved and like knows more about the African plight who wants to, you know, write a think piece, I think both things can coexist that there's this is an amazing work of art that exists but there's also truths that aren't in it but brett we've talked about this before right i don't think there's any obligation of hamilton to be historically accurate you know what i mean like why are people looking for this for history there's one point in hamilton where they purposely break the fourth wall and said 
That's truth. Didn't we kind of expect that historical accuracy in Bohemian Rhapsody, though? Like, we digged on that for being bullshit. Why, why, is, this yeah. fi- why is this fine? Well, Brett, you did. Yeah, but the thing about Bohemian Rhapsody is it's still bad, even if, if they embellish the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a difference. Uh, I will I love say you, those, who, those who are concerned about um, following up and actually hearing the information, um, Disney has the, the undefeated present, like a more in-depth conversation with the director, with Lynn, with the actors, it's about maybe 35, 45 minutes. I watched through it, and Lynn himself says, um, it's flawed people who created a flawed country with ideals worth chasing. So when he was writing it, he was aware that everybody was flawed. He knew that we have a flawed country, and he says it outright. So I'm I'm guessing at some level he was aware of the brokenness of these people at the time he was writing it, which is probably one of the driving forces on why he chose an all African-American cast. Mm-hmm. And Philippa, who's um, was one of the leading Skylar sisters, she's um, part Chinese. What happened to Pe- Peggy? Uh, Peggy was cast as uh, Mrs. Reynolds. But isn't that weird? Like, they made a point of being like, in the third sister, Peggy. (laughs) And Peggy. (laughs) I did a little research. I guess she married very rich and died very young. It's Pat. It's Pat. the The two last points on the cancel Hamilton thing. One, a lot of cancel culture comes down to the biographical context of the creator of a work of art matters like we can't watch rosemary's baby because roman polanski is a creep well by that same logic we should give lin-manuel the miranda the benefit of the doubt by all accounts he's an amazing person seems to be a great guy handled the criticism like josh said perfectly in stride and, and seems to be on the right side of history so let's give him the benefit of the doubt and i don't remember what the second thing was but i i just i don't know i, I would just caution against speaking out against something that's like this important but that's that's all i have to say about that let's get to yes or no's uh starting again back at the top of the order with renee i've seen it three times so far so yes 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 but also i have seen so many musicals that i hardly think uh yes i actually watched it with somebody it was their very first live performance ever or the first musical ever and it was amazing to experience it with that person so yes Let's bounce all the way over to the east side of our podcast, Brett. Yeah, it's definitely a hard yes. Uh, I didn't really care to see it, and then I listened to the soundtrack as part of this thing I did, and I really look forward to it, and I loved it, and probably something I'll watch again at some point. Hard yes. Did you do the like audiobook thing? Because I know you listen to a lot of audiobooks. Did you have like a story in your head? too when you listen to it and then you saw it uh, i actually followed along with it like uh on like wikipedia and stuff like that so not like oh cool uh it, it helps with the context of when you're listening to it and also i i'm a little bit of a history buff so i know a little uh, i know i'm familiar with the time a little bit so right you said this thing you did care to elaborate maybe yeah i listened i listened to <laughs> the rolling stone list of the top 100 albums of the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and 2010s. That's 401 albums I listened to in less than six months, and I did it all while I was at work. So this is one of the top X albums of the decade or something? What number? I'll look it up, Mikey. I don't remember. 
It's really good, though. I'll go next, uh, go back to the west side, Louisville, Colorado. Yeah, this is a hard yes uh, for me. I, like, I, I think Steve is going to hit on this later, but I don't know if this is my ideal format. I, that's my bad that I can't hear stuff <laughs> that I've listened to music too loud my whole life and just abused my ears. But I, I, I wish I could have seen this on the big screen. I've never like missed movies more, but I, I don't know. I, at the same time, I probably wouldn't have... Uh, been able to enjoy it so comfortably on the big screen with like snacks and breaks and stuff. But definite yes for me. I love Hamilton now. I love the music now. Some of these songs are going to make it into my main Spotify playlist, which is pretty cool. Uh, Mikey, let's go to you next. Uh, yeah, it's a hard yes. I was pretty skeptical going into it. I don't really like musicals or watch them a whole bunch, but this was fun and I really liked the rapping. I was really impressed with it and choreography is insane i think uh my biggest problem is this what you guys are touching on stevie pappy where you don't like the format because there's just a lot going on and it feels like there's a lot of camera cuts and especially with like all this choreography going on it can just be like a little overwhelming at sometimes i feel like it reminds me of like that meme of like taken three where liam neeson is jumping over the (laughs) the metal fence but it's like 14 30, cuts 30 yeah it's cuts. Like 30 cuts. yeah it's just sometimes it just feels a little overwhelming when there's a lot going on but other than that i mean i was like really impressed with like how well i could follow the story i really was kind of scared about that for three hours so i loved it i thought it was great um i don't know if i'll ever watch it again i'll probably listen to the soundtrack again but yeah i thought it was great and i thought the guy who played burr and the guy who played lafayette were probably my favorite parts i actually didn't like uh lynn that much i thought he was kind of like kind of whiny voiced when he was singing i don't know i didn't really like he's not a great singer voice too much i guess he did write all of it though yeah he reminded me of like i don't want to be a pirate (laughs) (laughs) just like whining constantly maybe that's just his voice but it's a hard yes for me yeah I, I, that's cool that's a yes for me like i said i had no idea what you're gonna say he lin-manuel miranda is my least favorite singer i would say in all of this by far josh uh what about you unfortunately i don't have like a rhyme rap to take us out of the pod like i did at the top but i think one thing that go that goes unsaid in other reviews and here so far is like just really how awesome George Washington is in this. He's so cool to yeah. see on screen. He's kind of like the rock as a founding father or something. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, and I love how Alexander Hamilton is like pretty much exactly like Slim Shady and eight mile. Like it's all about just writing and writing and being sharp. And I got so many vibes from like the hip hop to just like him with a pen and a pad in the lab and stuff. Um, I don't know. That was just a really fun watch. And honestly, it's kind of a, I would say it's even a seminal moment in my life because this whole genre of like musical that's also hip hop just kind of blew my mind. And uh, it's not often that media can do that to a person. So I really appreciate Disney doing this, even if, it was about money. Like I enjoyed it. Huge yes. Rock, do- rock hard dog. Number forty-five, Mikey, on that list. Nice. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty high up there. 
Stevie, last but not least, <laughs> no one knows which way you're going to go. Are you going to Jordan it? Or are you going to PK it with a yes? No one knows. Oh, man. But how much future money is Disney going to make off this, though, for real? I mean, if they bought the rights, I have to imagine they're going to make money in all future shows, right? I was going to ask if 75 mil was a steal. I think so. Yeah, I mean, it's the total right. So I would say any any future films, any future performances, any soundtracks that come out of this. Those poor high schools that have those theater kids that want to do Hamilton are going to pay through <laughs> the nose just so Disney can get their money back. But, ah, oh, man, this is so hard for me. You know what? I'm just going to say it. Uh, this is a soft no for me. There it Ooh. is. Um, just, uh, just, I mean... I think Hamilton the musical is probably amazing. I love the music. The actors in it are so awesome. I mean, everything is so entertaining. Like, I would say... But it's a no. It's a soft no. Like, go <laughs> listen to the album. Like, the music is fantastic. But three hours of Disney Plus with the constant cuts is just so overload. Um, and it was really hard for me to connect with, even when I had subtitles on and watching out my big screen. So, uh, soft no, and it sucks because I love the rap genre. So, soft no. Well, it doesn't even make sense. What you does know, it make musical, sense? The musical is the great American <laughs> art form. Hip hop is one of our great American music styles. Uh, I guess Stevie just hates America, but I mean, what can you, you do? You know it, dude. I <laughs> hate it here. <laughs> That was a fun pod. Uh, Stevie, what do we have coming down the pipeline? Man. Now I feel, now I, I know what it feels like to be thrown at like that. That's a <laughs> yeah, really that great. That's a really good job, Pab. Um, I remained calm and I didn't try to shoot you with a gun, so you should feel very proud of yourself. Let's see here. Office um, space. Office space coming down the line. 300. Uh, Are you guys going to have pieces of flair? 13 of them. We already did it. <laughs> 14 of them the 300th episode 300 episode of jaws 3d hundred the commentary source code source code eurovision so much coming out oh i loved eurovision and so much. if there's any requests we're still doing some pandemic requests we're trying to get to them so if there's anything you want us to spoil please let us know if you're able to find Pe- hamilton because mickey mouse hasn't torn us down on a copyright claim <laughs> on every platform good for you thank you for listening that was spoilers i put myself back in the narrative Stop wasting time on tears I live another 50 years It's not enough Spoiler Man here Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod Our Instagram is podcastspoilers It's lit Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. Right on time, but I'm still not through. I ask myself, what would you do if you had more time? The Lord in his kindness, he gives me what you always wanted. He gives me more time. I raise funds in D.C. for the Washington Monument. She tells my story. I speak out against slavery. You could have done so much more if you only had time. And when my time
Hello, this is Josh from um, Indiana, a Goshen, which is basically between the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans. But let me get specific and put the plot in motion. At the end of this pod, I got a tiny notion. A yes dog so hard, Viggo Mortensen needs some lotion. That was spoilers.